yo, yo. Do you know what really grinds my gears? It's when I start early. <laughs> when I start early before the beer is cracked and poured out into the glass. Yeah, I was going to let you do the intro, and I'm like, no, nah, do you know what grinds my gears? All right, we chose violence today. Let's do this. We might be just restarting it, because I know we were trying to clean things up after last week. But... <laughs> Here's the thing. We were playing poker the other night, right? Yes. One <sighs> hockey game comes on, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden... The, the, the big, big first, Edmonton's first game at home. Yeah. And they did all the introductions. They took all this time. And then they had the We Stand with Israel. And I'm like, that's that's kind of nice. That's that's uh, that's a bold thing to say. And then somebody in the background blurts out, I wish they would keep politics out of hockey. And in my head, I'm like, are you kidding like, me? Like, you motherfucker. Like, really? But right after that... Bam! All of a sudden, there is a chief, like an Indian chief, wearing mm-hmm. Oilers jersey, saying, "You know, like we do this on the ancient land of blah 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 blah." Yeah. So that, it's <laughs> here's the thing. So here, uh, here's here's my real problem with that. One, it's about time that Edmonton stood up to somebody, especially after the smut, the smut, the pure unconsensual garbage they put on two nights before. Because there was no way that was consensual. Eight to one. They need to <laughs> oh, stand up to mean, somebody. You mean the game. Yes. <laughs> that, oh. was, that, was, that was unconsensual. And CBC aired it. Oh, like, yeah. that, that, was, that was violating. That was. Like, that was, that was crude. Um, there was no lube. No. It was, uh, that was not nice. And I realized that somebody was just listening. Like, they're listening in, in order of what we recorded. <laughs> so <laughs> so they're like, they're I, gonna... thought, I thought you guys, we didn't say we were cleaning it up. No. No. That was that was in your head. <laughs> with that being said, I'm like, huh. That no, that mm. that I stand with Edmonton. That's the that's the best thing they've done all year. All year. I mean it's only been two games in, but yeah. all year. But I saw but you know what? The guy that's including had, last year. The guy had a point, right? Mm-hmm. You can't say keep hockey hockey when it's the when you, you got know, the stolen when, and no one complained when, about that yeah, when it when it's the when it's the the woke indigenous like we you know this is the the stolen land of whoever people you can't you can't poo poo that be like keep hockey hockey and then be like yeah we do stand with Israel when they put that yeah. that thing on the two right like what's good for the goose is good for the gander yep and that guy had a point even though even though because it struck against a chord that we th- feel strongly about we were like nah you motherfucker, you can't say that. <laughs> but then they did do the Aboriginal thing, and I'm like, eh, that's not really necessary. I'm just waiting for the uh, the, the tribe that was on the land before them came in. It was like, hey, you took it from us. Like, that was ours first, and then the other tribe comes in, I don't know, and like, just goes down the line. It's like stolen land that they stole, and, and then those guys, mm-hmm. then these guys, and now, now white people. <laughs> Yeah, the only people who have to apologize are white people. If if a native stole a native's land, it's like, oh, that's just culture. It's culture. That's right. <laughs> Stealing, yeah. For white people to steal their land, that's cultural appropriation. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> you're, right. you're not allowed to do that. That's our that's our thing. I, I realize we shit all over our introduction. Hey, everybody, this is Blue Collar Philosophers Podcast. Welcome. Uh, this that- is Biker Mike. This is him, and this is me. <laughs> Kickstand. And uh, we are blue-collar philosophers. Which means we uh, philosophize 
without having any education or business doing it whatsoever. Yeah, no right to own these we microphones. We have no right to do this, With, but we do because we're middle-aged white men and that's what we do. It's what we do. We <laughs> drink IPAs and no, we don't. I hate, I hate IPAs. I don't like IPAs like anymore. Real, real IPAs like. They're too pretentious. They're like a pretentious beer. And like the hops in it are like, it's just. It's unsettling. It's too. It's like you have to try so hard to like it. Yeah. That is kind of like, you know, I would rather, I, I would just rather anything else. Give me a lager. <laughs> give me a pill. Just just give me a beer. Well, even a stout. Like I like a good oh, stout. Oh yeah, you like love they're, a good stout. They're, you know, good and creamy. Yeah. They got a f- full body. They're, there's so much to them. Whereas, yeah, and it's but, not but like pretentious. But, but when a beer reminds you, reminds you more of blue cheese than it does beer, <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> it's so uh, tangy. Like I don't like it. It is. So, um, I hope nobody from my Bible study last night is listening. I do. I really, no, really hope you're here. So. Okay. We need to get somebody from your Bible study on to <laughs> explain to us exactly how big of a hypocrite you are. Only if they listen to this will they know. <laughs> and if they're listening, it's like, what kind of smut are you listening I am to? Gonna give is... them, I'm going to give them all the worst episodes to listen to beforehand to prep. like, hey, uh, you should listen to this. I'm 15. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is one of the leaders. <laughs> there you go, guys. <laughs> Youth group, yay! <laughs> so, um, I um, oh. I took a hoot right before going, thinking I'd be fine. I showed up to Bible study kind of high, and I'm like, oh, In, a lot higher than I would intended to be. <laughs> and then he's like, "We're talking." Re- I really wonder if your pastor listens to this. <laughs> like I said, I hope not. If they do, <laughs> I'll be like, I was fine. I was, but I was a little higher than I intended on being. And it's it's like masturbating before going out. You just, you, you know everyone does it, but you don't talk about it. And and you just assume everyone knows. It's like, that's what I felt like while I was being high. <laughs> I'm like, time, everybody knows. I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> everybody knows that you did it and nobody does. Nobody has any idea. And unless they spend enough time with you where they know how you act before or after an event, like while you're high, see, are, people aren't going to know. So you're a little paranoid. Yeah, I was. But at the same time, I'm like, see, is I'm that fine. is that a factor of the weed or are you like a paranoid masturbator too? <laughs> I suppress pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. I'm hoping. I'm worried at the point where I'm like, eh, no, one, no one can tell. Anyway, so I was a little paranoid and a little bit like... Oh, I got to be on my game. And then I realized I over-talked on something, and, but I made a really good point. That's the thing. I can be kind of high and make some very, very, very good points where somebody's like, I know what you're saying because we're talking about um, going to a prayer summit. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go high to that. <laughs> but I, I went to it and I enjoyed it a lot because it just seemed like everyone was there intentionally. Like they were just – it wasn't um, Christian's – Checking a box on things to do. Yeah. Can you explain to everybody what a prayer summit is? Well, uh, everyone knows what a, uh, um, uh, what, what is a, another word for prayer group, like a prayer, meeting. a prayer meeting, prayer yeah. meeting. Yeah. So everyone knows a prayer meeting. Is. Well, it's like that. And that's it. It's a prayer meeting. <laughs> okay. But it's been rebranded to be something cooler because our church loves doing that. They do love branding. They love branding so much. <laughs> 
<laughs> like you were literally wearing a shirt the other day after church that said production crew. I, I feel like I like your stage hand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that you can zip in and out without being noticed when something goes wrong. <laughs> like an, I do wear a security like, shirt like some a, works too. I got yeah, a, it's a like a theater ninja. <laughs> no, I run I run main ca- main camera so I don't move. I'm actually no, here's the irritating part about running main camera mm-hmm. uh, all the other cameras are moving like they're manually being moved around like they got these little iPhones on stands that they're walking around with to make it so you're like oh get this shot oh we get a little of the crowd get a little of this and they're all over the place mm-hmm. main camera's steady it's it's a rock and apparently that's unsettling so when you go from a shaky shakier camera to a solid camera it's weird it's a little unsettling and okay yeah I can see that that's what they say and they're like Mike we need it to be free flow and I'm like Okay, and so I'm holding it. It's like, Mike, we need it to be free flow. I'm like, oh, what they really want is me to fabricate movement and human thing because I've got a steady hand. Mm-hmm. If you say free flow, it means it's unlocked so that if I move, it moves. And so it's a lot more failure. But if you got a steady hand, no one's going to know that you're fine. Like It's like, no, this this is free flow. This is my, I am such a solid I'm individual. Very, very steady. <laughs> So I was like, oh, you want fabricated flow. So I fabricated flow. So I'm just moving my hand intentionally to make it look like I'm free flowing. <laughs> and I'm like, it's that's, frustrating. That's kind of funny. It's so faux. It's, <sighs> that is, that's pretty funny. Yeah. So I went to this prayer meeting, <clears throat> very intentional. It just, it seemed really, really good for the most part, minus the fact that they weren't praying for Israel when I really feel like they missed the mark there. Like, I don't know if we believe in the power of prayer and that is as, um, all-encompassing and supernatural as it is, I think we should be praying for Israel pretty strong and be like, hey, you guys believe this to be the the best thing that we can do? Mm-hmm. Cool, let's put it towards the biggest thing. Why are we, why are we focused on micro things right now? We can, micro will still be here when we're done. Uh, don't want to sound like a dick or not. You can if you want. You're the one who loves macro. I'm the micro guy. Well, just to to sound like a little bit of a dick... Um, like Peterson says, like sometimes when you don't understand what the motivations are, look at the outcome and then you can see what the motivation is. So if you're wondering about why you're not using prayer to talk about the most important thing to you, it means because that wasn't the most important thing to them. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, that was my worry. And that was my, my heartfelt pain in that moment of why, why are we so focused on our little shit when there's, there's so much happening right now that we could be focusing on. And so, yes, they were intentional. Yes, it was really good. But I do not feel like they took into consideration, like, are they worried about a landmine? Like, why why not tackle this should-be-simple thing? I mean, I don't want to I don't want to speak towards what their intentions were, because I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But, uh, I- ignorance? Maybe not knowing what's going on? Yeah, either not knowing or not giving it enough thought to care about or just actually the other things mattering more to them. Or, or, here's the second one, they had their set agenda of what they were doing. And, the, were, oh, like, and weren't going to pivot. They were like, no, we're, we're, we, we know what we're <coughs> going to be talking about tonight. This is what we're praying about. It's like there was no room for flow. There was no room for the movement. There was no room for things to change. But why wasn't I willing to go up and deal with that? Why wasn't I willing to be the one to stand up and be like, hey, we need to pray for Israel right now. Do I feel like I don't have that place or that authority to speak in that way? Because I feel like maybe I do. I've been there long enough and they tell me, it's like, Mike, you got a problem. You just come tell us. 
and maybe I could have, but at the same time, I was on my way out. I like kind of just showed up just to. Did it happen after you left? I don't know. I have no idea. Because I didn't hear whether it did. Okay. Well, I mean, in that case, then just from good faith, it could have very well been done after you had stepped yes. out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and that's the thing. It, for while I was there, kind of disappointed, but at the same time, it did feel like I, there was something there. There was something happening. Like it mm. was, it was legit. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an interesting question though. Like how, how much do, does one focus on the biggest things going on in the world? Like it needs some attention, but at the same time, like, is that attention fabricated <laughs> at times too, right? Like we have news and all that stuff going on like there was a time in the not too distant past where this thing popped off and nobody outside of a hundred mile radius knows about it Mm -hmm. right and the things going on where you're planted are at the top of your top of your mind top your your things like this is this is the place where you not only have focus in but you're that is the soil in which you're growing. That is the focus, you know, that you need to spend in. And it is the place that you have authority over. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't have time to worry about who the king of England is. I need my crop to grow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know that. Like, it's like my kids are like starving. I, I don't care I can't, right now. Yeah. I can't be too overwhelmed by the global problems going on in, in Christendom when, you know, I need to go and be there for a grieving mother. You yep. know, who, who, you know, lost her child or her husband or something like that. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, like there's, there's. But, but the it, things it, they it were just, praying it needs for. To be in place. The things they were praying for just seem so menial. Like, really this, this can wait. I, it was such small potatoes that I was like, do you not trust that God is going to take care of this thing? And that, the last night I had the same problem. Uh, so I would go to this, again, go to the Bible study. And uh, I like words. Mm-hmm. I'm very focused on words. So when somebody says something, I need to know what they mean when they say it. Okay. So you're so you're into witchcraft then? Yes. Yes. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> How do you figure that? <laughs> so words are a, they're, they're a, a human invention. Yeah. Yes. And it's something that is, okay, when something is defined, it in essence crystallizes or dies and becomes a tool to wield. It becomes a, it becomes a, which is very much what paganism is about regarding nature and concepts and things like that, right? So if you're too invested in definitions or technicalities and stuff like that, it is kind of rooted in a focus on what you can control. And that's the, that's the heart of witchcraft or, or paganism. Well, I don't think it was more on that. I think it's on the, what do you mean when you say this? Like, so yeah, when you talk yeah, about but, fear but, of the Lord, when you <clears throat> talk about fear no, no, of the no, Lord. No, no, no. But even say like an over-focus on that yeah. puts you in the place where you can duel. It puts you in the place where you can... What do you mean by that? Oh, this is what I mean. And then you can tete-a-tete, repartee, and you can impose, you can impose will by definition. It, yeah. it, it sets up a scenario in which you can win. So I, I, 
I, I think I think it's not <clears throat> there, so much a win; a... it's a understand. Because I'm not looking to tell someone what the word actually means. I'm looking to understand what they mean when they say it. Mm-hmm. So, and then so when it comes to fear of the Lord, it's something. Okay, so this happened last night. Um, I I don't like the way that we understand the word fear of the Lord when they say that because it's a lot of uh, like a timid, like a like a like a beaten dog, like kind of oh fear the Lord, the fear of the Lord. Uh, mm-hmm. Brings wisdom, and it's like, oh, it's like, oh, you got to be afraid of God. You got to be—he'll he, smite you if he hasn't smitten you yet. He'll—he'll he'll smite you. Almighty spider. Almighty spider, smite them. <laughs> and uh, so when I when I've tackled that, I'm like, okay, what is, what are you, what are you trying to say when you say this, God? Like, what do you mean by fear? Yes, I should fear you as an almighty being, but but that's <clears throat> so simple. That's so primitive. I it's, know. How how but, how dare something be simple? Yes, because <laughs> there, sorry, I'm being a dick tonight. <laughs> you can go ahead. Anyway, so I did this thing of listening to other people and being like, and they said, "What if we saw fear in a different light?" Of I fear what he thinks. I fear. I don't just fear him as an as an all powerful being, but I fear what he thinks of my action, how I'm conducting mm-hmm. my life. So the fear of the Lord brings wisdom. It's because I fear how I conduct myself and how he views me. So I'm like, oh, I that that, that puts it in a lot more understandable, a lot less malice, a lot less anger, a lot less. Uh, I don't know. I think malice intent. Like mm-hmm. the whole, just, oh, he's going to hit me. He's going to smite me. And it's like, yes, he can. But how can we, am I supposed to live in the field all the time? It's like, no, he's a great dad who loved me. And I, I well, I've met your dad. It's really, really hard to imagine how. <laughs> oh, he was, <laughs> whew, that boy knew how to hold he's a so belt. He's so nice though. <laughs> he could, he could put a whooping on, I'll tell you what. And uh, so. <laughs> I didn't mean that he was wimpy. He just has such a pleasant demeanor. Oh, he does. He, they they called him Mr. Mean because he was just happy all the time and smiling. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I get that. That's that's but actually it, a fantastic kind of like little twist to put on it to, I don't know, broaden the concept or, or, or maybe have a more wise view of, of what fear could be. Yeah, and so I used that. I used it at Bible study a few weeks ago. And uh, one of the guys who's uh, leading Bible study, he's like, I got to give you a shout out. Like, I got to tell you right now, my wife and my son, and we were talking about fear of the Lord, and she asked me what I thought of fear of the Lord, and I used kind of what you said. Nice. <laughs> and you, like, so you've huh? plagiarized. Uh-huh. You've made it. <laughs> I've made it now. That th- and so, uh, and it yeah, was that's, because that's I got fantastic. hung. It was because I got hung up on another word. Yeah. I was reading Romans twelve nine, and it says, uh, "Love your enemy as yourself, or uh, love those who persecute you," and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And I'm like, what does that mean? And it's really hard to love your, uh, and hate what is evil. And they were like, oh, hate evil, hate evil. And then just looking at these words and knowing that this is not just, it's like hate evil. It's like, okay. And somebody else is getting hung up on that. And then I read my translation and they said, hate what is wrong. And I'm like, okay, wrong is an action. Evil, we impose on a thing. So if we hate what is evil, Evil can be both an action and a thing. And so if we hate what is evil, even with going what's going on in the Middle East right now, we don't hate the people. We hate the action. And we condemn the action. So it's not that we're not just called to hate uh, 
people, or we're not called to hate people. We're called to hate evil. So the actions that's going on, and I'm like, huh, okay. And so just having that breakdown in words and stuff like that, looking at yeah. different translations. But it, it, I was being really facetious when I said, I know the witchcraft. Thing. I know. <laughs> Like I said, well, I was kind of just intentionally trying to be a jerk. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, uh, yeah, you, you're 100% right. Like, you do actually need to sit and ponder words. Because like you said, like, you know, the be- the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And then some other place in the Bible, it says, like, there is no fear in love. <laughs> you know, or yeah. there, <laughs> you know, there is, <laughs> like, you know, there. Yeah, love casts out all fear. Right? You're like, Wait. Huh? Are you saying the Bible contradicts itself? How dare you? Straight to hell. No, no, no. There's a, there's an easy way around that, and that's the loophole of saying, well, you may, you're, tris, you're mistranslating one of them. <laughs> I like that's it. That's your get-out-of-jail-free card every uh, time. Yeah. Just, hmm. Yeah, no, they had a different word in the Greek. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's... So one concept or one word can in, can kind of represent a number of different facets of a concept, right? Oh, yeah. So, and, and you learn what those facets are through context, mm-hmm. right? Like like you said, like that kind of like that recoiling fear of... Recoiling, that's a great... Like, <clears throat> yeah, that's that, the word that... That recoiling fear of wrath and, and kind of like, you know, it's that, that, that sharp fight or flight instinct that turns into a bigger phobia sort of thing, right? Like, yeah, like that's not the thing you should be thinking of when you think of God, unless you really suck. Uh, yeah. Because then you may, this may be justified. That's like the people that says only God can judge, can judge me with a tattoo on them. Yeah. It's like, that they should say, scare you. They say the gospel is good news. For who? For whom? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Well, so that, yeah. that verse that everyone loves to say, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus wrote Christ is Lord. It's like, you think they'll be doing that by choice? They're going to be like, oh, oh shit. Oh, crap. <laughs> Yeah, but that, uh, that, that they're perfect, not bowing by choice. Yeah, they're that, bowing because the perfect thing that the perfect love that drives out fear. You know, in context, knowing what you know from from that was it a proverb? Yeah, or is it a psalm? I don't uh, remember. I think it's a proverb. Anyway, one of those two. But you know, based on that, that when it says perfect love drives out fear, it's not talking about wisdom because that's an actual virtue. Yeah. So when it says fear in this context, you need to think about the different aspects of of yeah. fear that the human person feels and engages with. I do hate in the <clears throat> English language how there are just some words that don't translate. Like we just don't have a good word for it. And it's so frustrating because these people, they'll be like, oh, uh, they'll look at the word love and be like, oh yeah, love. Okay. I know that word. It's like, no, you don't. Because they, it, which is it, which, eros? <laughs> is it is rhema? It, uh, is it uh, yeah. what's the, the the multitude of words for love that they have in Greek and Aramaic yeah. and shit like that? And it's like ah, this is unfortunate. And mm-hmm. French is worse. Do you know how to say I, I like I, I like you? Je t'aime. Je t'aime. Okay. Je t'aime. Do you know how to say I love you? Je t'aime. <laughs> same, same thing. Okay, so inter- how do you how do you throw the extra emphasis on for love? Uh, je t'aime beaucoup. I don't know. It's just like <laughs> <Very> <laughs> a much. lot. Oh, that's good. That's a good point. 
you know, I went to a, I went to a, um, not a conference, but a, a class kind of like a, a day of, a day of lectures uh, a few weeks ago. And the professor there had made a, a really, really important statement that when you think about it is obvious, but it's good to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Anytime you're reading something in the Bible in your own language, you're reading a translation, not the, not the, mm-hmm. the true word of God, like not the autograph. Every time you're reading a translation, you are getting all the choices that the translator is making. And they're not always clear what to do. Well, the unintended biases, right? Like you, you, he's, as people, we have unintended biases that we are just, we have, we can't avoid them. The way that we get dressed in the morning is. Yeah. And and not everything comes across the same way as in, as in the original language or even in the autograph. Not everything comes across over time, (laughs) you know, as, as uh, mores and, and, you know, economics and, and like we used to be able to say the N word like that. <clears throat> it's just looking at something that, yeah, things change. We can't yeah, say I mean, that anymore. <laughs> there was a, there was a time when we could have described this evening as very gay because we were having a great time. <laughs> a lots great of laughs. Time. The gayest of times. Yeah. And now people are like, what have you guys been doing when the mic turned off? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, yeah, those are very, uh, Silly examples, but yeah, that's prime, that's, <clears throat> prime examples. But but they're true nonetheless. Yeah. So yeah, it's or uh, queer. It's queer. Like, oh, such a queer night tonight. Huh. Yep. Like, so when yeah, when you're encountering these old books and and wisdom and stuff like that, yeah, you can't always just sit on face value. You have to do a little bit of meditating. Yeah. In order to get the heart. Yeah. I'm uh about to start another book. Uh, <clears throat> Which one's that? Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Ooh. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of excited because I'm Interesting. like- Interesting. Ah. You're getting right into Roman philosophy then. Yeah, a little bit. The thing is, uh, from my understanding of it, was that he never wrote it to be published, and it was discovered post-mortem, and it was turned into a book against his will. Like, he wrote it for himself, like a journal. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean against his will. It's just without his permission. Because <laughs> yeah. he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. What are they going to do? Stop you? He's dead. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm going to be starting that one here pretty soon after I'm done. Every, uh, every, time I hear, every time I hear of Marcus Aurelius, all I can think of is the movie Gladiator. Right? <laughs> it's like I have such I, a hard time. If he doesn't time. bring up Maximus at least once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like my, my view of there Marcus Aurelius. There was this Gladiator in the <laughs> It's so ahistorical. I'm just like, oh, yeah. The dead, the guy from the gladiator that killed, got killed by his son, but he really, really loved Marcus or uh, loved Maximus. Yeah, Maximus. That guy. That guy. <laughs> oh, the, the, I love <laughs> the mythos, man. I love just the 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 the, the mystery of of the history and and how they just attribute all these great historic events that happened. And I'm like, <sighs> I know it's fascinating. It is. Ooh, you got some. Sorry, some uh, some crackly action my, happening my there. Mic went I, don't, hot. I don't know if that's going to come I, through it, in, it the, might. in the episode, but I can hear it in my headphones. Yeah, it was happening in mine too. That's why I touched the microphone. If our mics ever get a little too hot or staticky, all I got to do is just touch it and it goes Feel away. That. So, uh, what else did I have? Yeah, which uh, oh yeah, the Bible study with all the words and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Hi, <clears throat> just <clears throat> trying to not sound retarded. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm like, okay. And they're Fire like, make word good. With that make being words said, very good. <laughs> Romans 12 was a tough read for me. Also had that one verse that I sent to you last night where it was a. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll pull it up. <sighs> it's on the ground. Something about ordinary people. And I'm like, I feel like sometimes you and I have extraordinary conversations and I feel bad for the people who like eavesdrop and like don't know what they're getting themselves into. All right. I'll pull it up. Mm-hmm. You said it's, it's weird having you send me scripture. It feels like that <laughs> hasn't happened in a long time. Long time. We, right now we just send dirty memes to each other. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, sorry. Romans twelve sixteen. live in harmony with each other. Do don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Now that, is, that that is a verse that I have constantly got stuck in my head and then I forgot the wording or I forgot where it was or for, I just forgot. And I'm like, oh, how does it go? I know it has to do with ordinary people. And it's like, okay, okay, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And I stumble upon it because, uh, yeah, somebody put out the verse uh, or this section of scripture to read and I'm like there it is I need to send this to Devin so I don't forget because he won't forget because I'll forget and uh, yeah that was one of the verses that jumps out to me and then just a bunch of them and it's like Mike what jumped out to you I'm like so much <laughs> I'm like this one is good that was a simple one because I'm like yeah this just grabs our podcast mm-hmm. because for um, I am I, I feel like I'm an ordinary person like I'm, yes. I'm not an educated person. I don't consider you're, myself a. You're a very anybody. special, ordinary person. You're, yeah. you're ordinary, but not too ordinary. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> strange. I'm a little queer. <laughs> yes. And uh, <laughs> well done, good sir. <laughs> uh, so, and I'm like, okay, I've been around people who get blindsided by our conversations when we were talking about having the. Remember the two hemispheres of the brain being cut in half and then how it affected the people or... Mm, yeah. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. We're having this really great conversation. And somebody came halfway in and they're like... Turned around like, nope, I'm out. No, I'm out. <clears throat> and I'm like, huh, I didn't think it was that deep of a conversation <laughs> or that extraordinary. Uh, but to some people, that would be considered an extraordinary conversation. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm an extraordinary individual. And then I talk to somebody smart like Chris Date or- Yeah, and you're uh, like, oh, I I, know nothing. I I might be retarded. I see. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, all right. To to some, I may seem more, I I don't like using the word extraordinary because- Erudite. I'm a little, I'm a little above in some areas, but then I hang out with like normies, like pipeliners and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, uh, this, this okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's just a kind of having a kind of homely, just a homely air about yourself that like I can kick it with anybody. Yeah, like you know, if you don't want to talk about that, all right, cool. Let's yeah. let's talk about the Oilers. Yeah, let's talk, or you know. Somebody who's winning, <laughs> or somebody that's winning <laughs> that didn't blow a three. Uh, no, I mean they they did come they back and and pull that whole no lube thing on on mm-hmm. the predators then the night after. So oh, we, did they? We did, yeah, we got we got one back on the predators. Yeah, slaughtered them. Wow, that reminds me. I got to check and see how Toronto did because Toronto is playing predators. He's tonight, literally tomorrow. checking <laughs> hockey scores on his phone right now. Recording. <laughs> It'll take me two. Se- oh, I don't want to <laughs> talk about it. Panthers. Beat, beat my my Leafs. 
three to one. But Dang. they did it last year for the like playoffs, so that that is true. It's not like it's like oh we lost to the Panthers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do we talk about a little bit of transhumanism? I don't know. We can. We can. I just realized I kind of I blew like that was all my jokes and my stuff when it came. Oh, to I thought you had like a you had a joke you did not want to tell me. Yeah, no, it was the one about no lube and stuff. Oh, okay, yep. <laughs> the lewd. <laughs> uh, the, the lewd nature of Oilers getting completely right. taken advantage of by the Canucks. It like, feels weird saying that I didn't that know CBC. Canucks. I didn't know CBC was into, was you into know, stuff, pornography. Stuff porn? Stuff porn. <laughs> right, on, right on the television for everyone to see. <laughs> see, that was a joke that I'm like, do I want to do this? Maybe <clears throat> no, nah, let's yeah. wing it. Because if it, it was if it came across too incorrectly, we could just restart it. And that's why I blew it right in the beginning. Because I'm like, yeah, just gotta just put it out there. Put it out there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, transhumanism. Mm. So we're talking a little bit about transhumanism. Well, yeah, you you made you made, an, you made an you made an offhand joke because we, we just finished recording an episode of Amateur Christian, and you made an offhand comment in there about uh, Neuralink. Yeah, because I was like, oh, we could wait to record this. Uh, if but no, if you wait for, for, for perfection, you'll never do we'll it. Never or get when around you to something. Do get around to it? There'll be Neuralink. The yeah. Then the next thing's already happened. It's gonna be Neuralink, and you're completely irrelevant. Yeah, you're irrelevant or being reprogrammed. And that's ooh reprogramming. I hadn't thought of that. Neuralink and reprogramming. Like, how is that not something that's on the front of mind? Because they're going to be able to inject mm. thoughts into your brain while you're sleeping, while you're awake, like borderline. How would that work? So I, okay, so my conception of what Neuralink is, and I'll I'll just ex- explain it to the detail of what I know for mm-hmm. the listeners that are like, what the frick are you talking about? Yeah. Um, so Neuralink is a thing that Elon Musk is working on where they cut a hole in your skull, I think just behind your, behind your ear, and basically put in a chip that is wired into the neural network of your brain mm-hmm. and also into your optics. So you can kind of like, it's almost like the Terminator or RoboCop where like yeah. you will be able to kind of see overlaid onto reality your digital um, your digital stuff. Yeah. Or maybe even have it sent to your phone. But basically they send information straight into your consciousness yeah. Or you can kind of communicate with it like some kind of cyborg. It'll be like an augmented, con- yeah. it's an augmented brain computer. Yeah. Now, one of the biggest worries <clears throat> with that is, well, they've already got the ability to inject um, speakers with it, right? Like you can have a speaker injected into your skull and it runs on some kind of battery system. I have no idea what. Mm-hmm. But... How How is that any different they're going to be able to interface and how is it not able to be hacked? And and a phone line doesn't work one way. It's not like, oh, I get to control my phone. It's like, no. No, the phone controls you more than you think it does. Yeah. Like and even, so, even just like the, the way algorithms are programmed in social media, it's training you into actual certain behaviors by giving yeah. you kind of a carrot and a stick. Like it gives you something that produces a dopamine, you know, dump in your brain. And you're yeah. like, ooh, that felt good. And I'm going to do that again, only subconsciously. So, yeah. Yeah, but then it's, there's it's, the, negative, but, the negative bypack or uh, the negative, what do they call it now? Negative impact. So if, if you get a, not a dopamine, but a, a, a reaction to negative feedback, like, oh, I disagree with it, but it makes you engage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get the same kind of kick. Yeah. You get the same kind of kick. 
and yeah, it is easier to do that with negative with negative mm-hmm. feedback. So you're almost cutting out the middleman of social media if those thoughts can go straight into your it, yeah if those if that data can go straight into your thought processes. Yeah, that's kind of wild. Yeah, without and the, the without the middleman of your eyes. Yeah, that's uh, that's such a weird thing to me because could you imagine? Because it wouldn't have to do it very much. <clears throat> it would just do little things here and there, yeah. here and there. It would see you do something, and it's like, oh, that was kind of dumb. And you might not even think it's that dumb. You'd be like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then, but something in you tells you, well, it's kind of dumb. Yeah, and so that would. And be then kind you of shut the... down your own conscience. You shut down your own brain waves of saying uh, what you think of something because oh, what what did I th- why why did I think that was dumb because. It's going to come across as you. Interesting. So it's almost like going to, it's almost like the way your brain already works, except the feedback loop is going to be sped up so much. Yeah. That it's going to, like, I can see that being just beyond the the scope of what and how humanity it, can handle. Ooh, like ooh, we were already ooh, having. Crazy thought. Depression <laughs> issues. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Crazy thought. If your neural link can affect the way you think, what is it to stop it from releasing releasing endorphins into you when you think something? So let's say hypothetically it injects a thought and then simultaneously releases endorphins into your system as it's oh. injecting that thought, creating a false feedback loop. Interesting. Or false false positive, I guess it would be. Yeah. Oh, that would be super dangerous. Right. How how could you not reprogram people yeah, like for instance, with that kind yeah, of stuff? For instance, you could just be like, all right, the whole world, we want you to do this one thing. So we could just, you know, put in like this little thing into your mind that says Hamas good and then instantly trigger a dopamine dump. And then every time that you, you think about a Hamas, so, yeah, you're like, oh, even to the point where every time you choose to think that to get the dopamine dump, like it would be reinforcing oh. it more and more and more. See, I didn't think of it that way. The, the chosen <clears throat> Right, because at first, at first, first it's, it's the carrot, you know, that that's given oh. to you, and then it's the choice you make, and then you're rewarded for the choice. That would be very, very effective. That's, that's I, I think that's a two-step down the road kind of thing. It's like, oh, we'll give you a little kick. Oh, we'll give you a little yeah. one more. Well, and it's, then it's, it's like, well, oh, it's if like I any... know if I think this way, then it's going to give me this dopamine kick. Yeah. I mean, that's how any drug dealer works, right? Like, yeah. Do For- and after that, if you think it's worth it, then here's what the cost is. The next thing you know, somebody's spending their whole paycheck at the trap house. Mm-hmm. I know people. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, I mean, that that doesn't come out of nowhere. It there's also like that that certain carrot that's presented the the free gift of of this feeling, and mm-hmm. then and then you choose it, and once you choose it. You're it. You belong to it. Oh, that's so crazy. I never thought about it that way. I thought about it my way, but... That's frightening. (laughs) That is terrifying. I hope that humanity collectively has the wisdom to say no. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm good. We need to stay at a certain biological pace of development, and let's not go too hard in augmenting this because we're going to make humanity so much worse. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going, I don't know. Do you think there's going to be like There's sides? not going to be forced. There's <clears throat> not going to be forced. And the people who oh, do but buy it, yeah, into they're, it. They're not going to have to. It's like, no, but the, if, the, if the people this, that are programming are going to be like. If I, this is an option for the public, it's, it's just going to landslide like it. 
It's yeah. gonna be so fast and so hard. Like it's somebody, somebody in the genesis of this needs to be like. Yeah, but you're gonna be able to tell who's been programmed and who hasn't. Yeah. No, what I'm just saying is like somebody before before this goes any further needs to be like, you know what? We need to shut this shit down. Because like, because once it's out there, it's a Pandora's box. Yeah. Once Pandora's box is opened, you cannot get the thing back in. So like before that box is opened, somebody, somebody or a group of people or or something needs to have the collective wisdom to say like, this is, this is like Tower of Babel level tampering with reality. <laughs> like, yeah. We need to back off. Have you heard of anybody talk about the whole brainwashing thing? I'll just say brainwashing because, again, of neurological programming through this, like the, what we were just talking about. I, I've I've never heard anybody talk about it. Like I've I've only really I've only engaged in in um, information about AI at a very superficial level. Yeah. So I'm sure there's somebody. I hope so much brighter than us. I would hate that to is, be the first that has gathered that. <laughs> oh man, if we're the first ones to think of that, we're. <laughs> I did really good on this test back in the day, and I was like, oh, I did the best on this test. We're doomed. The- and I was like, what? I'm retarded. You guys just, oh, I did man. the best. Your mother-in-law the other day is hilarious. She hates it when you talk like that. Mm, mm. Stop was- it. Stop it. <laughs> You're not retarded. <laughs> I was being self-deprecating, and... uh I, w- I was referring to myself as uneducated. No, I, I said, well, I'm dumb or I'm stupid. And I wasn't meaning that I'm literally dumb or literally stupid. I'm referring to I am an uneducated individual. Because Justin was talking about how people Ed- here, you can make a hundred grand a year and not be high. Like, you don't yeah. even know high school yeah, education. You don't, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to make a hundred grand a year here. Yeah. You just need to be willing to lift a shovel. Yeah. And like any old dummy can do it. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's more of a motivation <laughs> yeah. you know, thing rather than an intelligence thing to make money here. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, even a guy like a dumb guy like me and my mother. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she like, was, I can see, it. I can see that rub her raw instantaneously. I'm like, okay, I don't actually think I'm dumb, <laughs> but at the same time, I am not technically educated. And I, uh, that, that's true. You're going to take that from me? Huh? <laughs> I'm, it's, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with not being considered highly educated. Same because I've met educated people, uh-huh. and I don't think it's a huge like. I don't know. It's not special. It seems like a lot of effort to spend on. But some of them too. You work with really like people who went to school for a long time, uh, and you're like, oh, you paid a lot for that education. It's like, yeah, I could make 120 grand a year. I'm like, yeah, but you're working with me, <laughs> making about that. <laughs> uh, making about that, but. It's like yeah, it's uh, but I mean that depends where you are and what your yeah. passion is, right? Right? Because mm-hmm. if if you have a passion for a field or for a train of thought, and you need the expertise and education and devoted time to that to get good at that, then yes, you should absolutely become educated for it. Whatever the price that you will, be, whatever the remuneration is for that field that you're getting into, great bonus, but you shouldn't be doing it for a hundred grand a year because any old dummy can make a hundred grand a year. If you can live, if you can work hard and go to the right place. But if if there's a field you're passionate about, be passionate about it for the passion's sake, not for the, not for the money's sake. Yeah. 
No, it, was, uh, it does bring me to another thought I had when it came to listening to other people's podcasts. I mean, sorry, like, un- unless unless you're Pentecostal and then you just believe God will fill your oh, yeah. your pockets with money and that will just happen. That's manifest. You just go hang out with Joel <laughs> just all day. <laughs> I remember you, um, uh, what's the word I want to use? Doing a double take on Joel Olstein. You made fun of Joel Olstein, justifiably bit of a twat and then you're like oh some people got saved oh he did good things oh and i think it was because of the influence that we had at the time looking Mm -hmm. back do you regret uh not rebuking but like saying oh maybe i shouldn't give him such a hard time uh i don't know i mean i think maybe to a degree because now that i'm like kind of free of consequences i can say (laughs) i can say that stuff without people like jumping down my throat yeah but you know at the same time there's always a little bit of nuance yeah but there should be because like yes like people are getting saved like and there is a certain amount of there is a certain amount of good that the guy is adding to the world i think it's overshadowed by the bad Mm mm-hmm so I wouldn't ever purposely push somebody that direction. But yeah. if that's the thing that brought you into the fold and the gateway in order in, in, into a more grounded life, yeah, then great. Awesome. You know, no biggie. But I would never push somebody there. I would never promote it. Yeah. You'd be like, do you know what you need? A little Joel scene in your life. Yeah. And there's gotta be, <laughs> there's gotta be a level of like, you know what? Get a sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> don't get, don't get too, don't get too holier than thou, yeah. you know, about the holier and thou guys like me <laughs> that want to make fun of weird shit. <laughs> yeah. Just take that stick out of your ass and. and <clears throat> you know what? Yeah. That, that is kind of, it is kind of funny. And, and rest yeah, your head on it. His stuff is not traditional Christianity, and no. I don't, and I, did, and I don't just mean it's that's not. from a Western, a Western way of looking at Christianity, even Western Christianity. Yeah, yeah. Is like, it's really, yeah. it's, it's, it's not. It, it's a novelty. Yeah, and I think at best it's heterodoxy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, you know, and and at worst drifts into heresy. <laughs> but it's kind of a banal kind. It's not like. It's not like you're, you know, slaughtering virgins at the at the temple to Satan. You know, yeah, or, he's just or, making or, money. He's just making money off your gullibility. Like yeah. that's like it, it boils down to that. And it, and if your god is money, then yeah, you're gonna have a problem with that. But if your god's not money, well, you'll be okay. Hopefully, if your god's not money, you're probably moving on pretty quick. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. There's there's something to be said about the worship of Mammon taking place in the auspices of Christianity, which is, I think, the part of it that rubs me the, the most wrong. Oh, yeah. It's just... Uh. it's you know, and, and for those that, that heard me say the <laughs> worshiping mammon... <laughs> or auspices. Auspices. <laughs> the illusion, Michael. Illusion. Illusion, Michael. I'm not, I'm not, I understood everything. <laughs> but for other people <laughs> that are listening... <laughs> yeah, what, what I mean is of, of mammon is mammon was a god and an idol of... Uh, of the old Testament and actually the new, like Jesus, yeah. Jesus actually rep, uh, Jesus remarks on it as yeah. being something that people were into in his time too. But that was a God that was of money, of prestige. It's, it's not just money. It's the spirit that embodies the love of money and all that comes with it. Yeah. Like 
if you were to kind of think of like, okay, what's, what's a good, what's a good litmus test of somebody who's outright sold out to the God of Mammon? You might think of uh, a YouTube presence like Andrew Tate would be a classic, (laughs) you know, like that's, that's his God, hundred percent. He may proclaim Allah. He doesn't really give a shit about Allah. Like, I hate yeah. to break it to you guys that are Muslims. They're like, he's on our team. No, he loves mammon more than anything. Yeah. Um, just ask, other, like, take, take, just like, okay, sacrifice all your cars. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, really? Yeah, go, do Go that. and join Hamas. You go, you just go proclaim your love for, for all this and join the cause. Yeah. No, no he's, he's not joining the cause. He's not leaving his money. He's not leaving his Lamborghinis. Because he, he could do great things with all that money. He could do a lot of things with it for the I evil mean, cause that is I mean, is I'm sure, I'm sure there's amount of him that is using his money for, for charity. I've, I've seen some of that, but again, it's also used for clout, right? Yeah. Like clout is a thing to do Ooh. with mammon as well, right? It's yeah. the, the illusion of wealth, the illusion of, of greatness and generosity that comes with my wealth and with yeah. my becoming a great big man. Look at all the things that is making me mighty. Yeah. Like it's a lot of that is it. And guys like Olstein are doing that too, right? You have a Christian, yeah. you have you have a faux Christian um, imprint that is worshiping Mammon, and then in the, ta- the the case of Andrew Tate, it's a faux Islamic, <laughs> you know, iteration of that worship of Mammon. So he's, you know, ideologically, you're aligned to the same false god, even though you're in different religions. Yeah, and that can happen to secular people. That can happen to you and I, even with uh, oh, with yeah. with our lack of wealth, we can still. <laughs> Worship at the at the altar of Mammon by being so obsessed about what money can get us. What 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 bike am I going to get if I ever get that money? <laughs> like what what you know things am I going to do with in order to get that? With all that being said, like <clears throat> I know that we don't worship Mammon, but I'd like to welcome welcome our new sponsor, Vodka. You've heard what we said about vodka before. It's all a lie. Vodka's amazing. <laughs> it's all a lie. It's not gross potato water that tastes like. <laughs> Like cleaning solution. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. I. This is the only vodka we drank. Vodka 203. Vodka. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Yeah, if, if we ever get sponsored by vodka, just, double, just, just double check, you know, on our, on our heart place. Yeah, our heart. Well, that's the thing. I can earnestly say... I can honestly say that will be the only vodka we ever drink on the podcast. Ever. Ever. If you see us drinking vodka, it'll be that it's, one. It's, it's because of sponsorship. Same bottle. <laughs> we'll drink it yeah. once and just be like, yep, see? See? We didn't lie. Uh, I'm waiting for that. Did. I am totally waiting for a vodka like promoter to be like, I heard what you said about vodka. Okay. I'd like you to... Change your tune. And I'm like, I will change I will not change lie. It. I will not lie. This is the most vodka vodka we've ever vodka <laughs> If you <laughs> like vodka, if you like dirty potato piss water. Then you will love this. <laughs> like, I guarantee if you buy this, you will be drinking vodka. The, the best of all potato waters. Of all the vodkas I've ever had, this is one of them. <laughs> Oh, yeah, mammon. <laughs> but it would... The thing is, I don't think it would take much for us to sell out. I'm worried that. I am worried well, I mean, that... that's... But that well, what does it mean the... to sell out? Like, if somebody's like, oh, we want to... Sp-, if a whiskey company, like uh, Centurion Whiskey, comes and is like, we want to sponsor you, it's like, fuck yeah. Okay, well, if that happens... can't happened... criticize Japan. I'm like, cool, I don't care about Japan. <laughs> yeah, I don't care about that. But if somebody <laughs> said, like, but you guys got to cut the Bible shit out, like, we'd be like... Ah. Nope. Nah. Pound sand. Yeah. What do we get? Not talk about. 
No. Like, we're going to give you this amazing sponsorship, but you can never talk bad about Hamas again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Pounds nope. end. You know, it's, you know, things like that, right? But uh, like that, that would be selling out. That would be. But if it was like, you know, listen, like we love what you guys do. We would love to sponsor your thing, but you know, like the extremity of your language is not good for our brand. If you could tone down the F-bombs and then, you know, we could do business together. That's a whole different. Oh yeah. That's a whole I, different conversation. I, I would ask for a count. I'd be like, how many are okay? <laughs> right. Is it like Each a PG, episode, is, is it, it like, like a PG-13 movie where you get two? <laughs> Oh, was that Get Smart? Yeah, uh, yes, yeah, yes, Get, Get Smart, Smart. was the, a really the, good one. The sequel to Get Shorty. Yeah, yeah, where he's like, you know how many fuck, how many times you got to say fuck to get an R rating? Twice. Do you want to say fuck that? And then do you know they only said it twice in that whole movie? Yep. It just just to get that R rating, and I know they lost money doing it because you actually make less money on R rated movie as opposed to PG thirteen. Well, but they play in less theaters. There's less people that can go to it, right? You can't yep. get the kids. Yep. So you lose a lot of people. So, yeah, I'm like, okay, what do you consider? Like, do we get two? Do we get two? Can we say cunt? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that one's sacrifice on the altar of, of sponsorship you instantaneously. Can't, you cannot. You say it, and <laughs> you, you got to, like, bleep it out. YouTube doesn't allow you to say it. Like, I the only, words you can't say right now on I YouTube I can only imagine that business, that business meeting would sound like a, like an audio clip from <laughs> Get Bruges. <laughs> <laughs> You're an inanimate object. <laughs> Sorry. It's the same movie. <laughs> oh, that was such a good movie. Like, so uh, Will, Vanilla Will brought up that movie on the podcast when we had him on. I'd never seen it before, so I went and watched oh, it Oh, you did get go watch it. I did, and I enjoyed the crap out of that movie. It, it, uh, it was a tough watch for me. I've seen it before. I, I, it was a hard watch. I oh, no, I, I loved it. Like, I was like, oh, this, this is neat. Like, it's, it's got this... It's a dark comedy. Like, oh, yeah. it's, it's not like ha ha out loud funny, but it keeps setting up these little scenarios that subvert your expectation and those are funny. Yeah. Even to even at the point at the very end, right? Like the big bad guy was was coming for the main character and yeah. telling the guy that he wanted to whack him like, "Listen, like the guy killed a kid. That's like that is absolute game over. We cannot do this. He's getting whacked. This is consequences. Yeah. And the guy's kind of try, try to talk him out of it. He's like, dude, if that if I did that, I would have done the job to myself. Like, right? Like, I would have done it right then and there. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, he kills his midget that they're all hanging out with and thinks it's a kid. And then right there is like, well, man of principle, and then blows his brains out. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> It but was. It, that it, was it, that it was that was the I feel like the whole movie was set was, up for the that. The whole joke. movie was set up for that joke exactly. And <laughs> there's like little moments all the way through. I'm like, okay, this is pleasant. It's funny. It's not. Yeah. It's not like obnoxiously humorous or obnoxiously dark. Yeah. Like I, I just I really enjoyed it. I have to get a rewatch. I don't know. I watched it. Oh, mm-hmm. it would have been ten years ago now. And so when you, I'm not the same person I was. 10 years ago? Yeah, maybe you like it. Maybe I'll like it. I can think like, myself 10 years ago probably wouldn't have. No. No, you... I'm sorry. You you change year to year. Remember when you made fun of me for wanting to get a victory vision? Yeah, that is true. <laughs> and and until, until I saw what they looked like without the, the back and mm-hmm. with ape hangers. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. 
Oh, you I saw. see it. It's like, because like, I still hate the headlight. Oh yeah, it's stupid. But you I, black out those blinkers, it looks fine. Yeah, like th- looking at the bike head on, I could never get over it. Yeah. But then I saw I saw a couple in real life, like kind of from the back and on the side. I'm like, oh, that the side fairings like they curl around the engine in such a way that like highlights the engine like a like a picture frame. Yeah. And like little like details like that, I was like. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. I, but like at first, all I could see was a space age Goldwing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we used to call it. What, what do we call that thing? Something Star Trek. Uh, oh, it was the Enterprise. Star- oh, yeah. And but it, but for me, for a long time, I didn't like Harley. But it was a It was a a, a tribal. Was it thing. a principle? It was. I, I don't even want to call it a principle. Uh, metric, and it was very like us versus them. And yeah, I ripped on Harley. I'm like, oh yeah, I'd I'd, I'd get a fifty thousand dollar Harley, but I don't want to lose the horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I mean, there was a time when that was true, though. Yes, there was a time when that was a very well earned trope. Yeah, and I would make fun of guys who would only only ever look at Harley because they're like, oh, and I still make fun of them. I still make fun of the guys who are Harley or nothing people. I'm like, really? Like, there's some great bikes out there. Yeah, you, gonna, like, you, ha- you haven't broadened your horizons at all. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. I still, I understand it, but I don't. Like, I like bike. Like, like there's, I, just, yeah. there's so many cool scoots out there in the variety of the world over. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, the more you look at it with an open mind, there's more cool stuff that you can see and per- yeah. and, and and imagine getting. And they're, they're all for different uses, yeah. right? Like. Yeah, like nothing ever is going to road glide as much as a road glide does. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but. I don't, hmm. I wonder if the Goldwing <clears throat> road glides more than the road glide. At least from a style perspective, no. Really? I mean, like from. Well, a, you've ridden both. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I've ridden both, right? Like Goldwing's like you sit like a, like a, um, like a standard bike, right? Your your feet are very much like you're sitting upright in a chair. Mm-hmm. Your your hands are kind of out front in front of you. It's it's designed for ergonomics. It's not designed for kind of like chilling. Yeah. It's for like this is the proper way to sit. This is yeah. the proper way to ride with posture. And this is probably going to be good for your back in the long run even though right in the short term you don't feel like chilling. Yeah. You know, in a I, road, I don't like a, a bike that tells me what to do, and that's the problem with the <laughs> in, in a road glide, you're you're kind of stuck in a position though. You're like, yeah. all right, I'm on my tailbone, but my feet are up, my hands are up, and this feels bad ass. Yeah, <laughs> this feels so cool. <laughs> and like the sound is so different, the styling is so different, right? Like they are hundred percent different vibes all yeah. the way around. Yeah, I saw this horrible video. I sh- I sent it to you. The two guys they were comparing the Roguelite with the road uh, with the Goldwing. Oh, with an old Goldwing, old that... Goldwing, and it wasn't even a fair comparison because they didn't give the passenger a sissy bar. Yeah, if they would have given the passenger a backrest, it would have changed the entire video, guaranteed. Uh, I forget what that channel is called. Donut Media. The Donut Media, but they do you, a great. I love you, their you videos. You sent that to me, and I'm like, this this video actually triggered me as a biker. I'm like, this is the most bullshit comparison I've ever seen. And right? I'm and I'm usually the guy that, like you said, like kind of is is quick to rip on Harley. Or the, yeah. the guy the guy quick to be like, yeah, but I mean like it's a premium brand in name. Yeah. And everything else is just as good at what it does, but they don't have the premiumness. Yeah. But that 
video was just those guys being t- utter donuts and comparing apples to oranges. And But at the same time, they're like, I really, really, really love oranges. Let's compare apples to them and see if we like apples as much as oranges. Yeah. <laughs> like, of course you're not. <laughs> like, yeah. wow, this... This this apple doesn't uh, doesn't peel like an orange does. I don't I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. <clears throat> you know, like that that was the vibe through yeah. the whole video, and I'm like, this is bullshit. I was getting mad. My uh, wife was like, looking at me. She's like, why are you frowning? You're <laughs> you're looking at your phone, and you're I, like you're like frowning and furrowing your brows. I'm like, shut up. This movie or this this video sucks, but I have to watch it because maybe it'll be content. <laughs> and here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Worth it. Yeah. You hear that, honey? Uh, all no. <laughs> no, no, she doesn't. She's not gonna hear it because she don't listen. My wife doesn't listen either. Oh uh, nope. <laughs> With that being said, all they had to do to make that bike different, I guarantee you, is different because I've been the guy without the backseat with the without the sissy bar. Yeah, it feels like your passengers right on your ass, like literally yeah, pushing it, yeah, you forward. Yeah, they feel like they're pushing forward because they're afraid of falling off the bike. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's nothing like when you don't have mm-hmm. a sissy bar or a backrest or a touring trunk on your motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Your passenger has to really hug you. Yeah, in order to feel safe and secure and balanced and all everything. Yeah, exactly. Because like, you know, if you're sitting in a stool and you're like, I'm going to suddenly increase my velocity by 30 kilometers an hour in the next millisecond, (laughs) right? You're going to fall off the stool. And that's what the passenger feels like without Mm -hmm. that thing locking their butt in. Yeah. My wife has actually trained herself to sit further and further back because, well, now we got the sissy bar, so she doesn't worry as much. Yeah. But my back tire, (laughs) because it's a dark side, (laughs) I get better control with her being further back on the tire. (laughs) Oh, interesting. So, yeah. I, I imagine this probably uh, increased the PSI in it with the extra weight right over top of it. Yeah, something like that. Because it just gives me more stability. I can't wait to, <sighs> I can't wait for next season you have a real tire this, on your bike again. This year was a year of patience, like learning how to just chill and not go crazy. With that being said, tomorrow I'm parking the bike. Oh, yeah, it's the insurance is done? No. Permanence, no? I don't know, but the weather looks for negative after that. Like, so it's going to snow and then it's going to stay in the negative for a week. <sighs> so, yeah. That's like Saturday will be okay. Like seven degrees. So Saturday is the day to actually park it. Yeah. I but usually I have, on Saturday. I usually have more time to enjoy the bike in October than I did this year. Yeah. It's... I think last year, didn't we go to Hudson Hope on my birthday? Yeah, we did. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's my birthday. Well, I was like, you can do what you want. We went for a beer. You guys yeah, didn't. We, I didn't think your dad knew it was my birthday, but we did. <laughs> yeah, we had a whole pastel of bikes. We rode out, we rode out there. We didn't get to do as much of that this year as we have. It was a rough year. It, it is what it, it is. It really was. I, I'm praying that next year is more full like of, of that enjoyment level for us. Yeah. I'm hoping I really want to get another bike so I can bob this one out. Because I've looked oh, into yeah. it, and it's like 1500 bucks is a good bobber kit for my bike. And I'm like, ah, oh, I want it so bad. Interesting. Does it uh, does it hardtail, or does it... Do keeps you it keep, soft. Keeps, okay, so it keeps but the But a low-profile low tire, or a low-profile um, rear fender, and a, a smaller uh, front fender, too. Nice. And it, just, and it keeps it a solo seat, so I'm going to be able to put that one back on. Oh, your Grinch seat will go back on. Yeah. Woo. 
or I'll just get another one and hopefully I'm trying to condition that one back to life. Like, cause it got really dried out. Uh, I oh, was yeah, not good to yeah, it. Yeah, it, stu- it got stuck out in the sun big time. Yeah, it got cooked. And so we'll see. If I can't use it, I'll just buy another one and try that one out. And if I can't, it's not a big deal. So that's the goal is to get the Road King next year. Or, yeah, that Lowrider ST keeps calling my name. I don't, I don't want uh, it, but I want it. <laughs> it's it's such a nice bike. It is. Such I a loved cool. it. Uh, like I want to try. Like there's a couple bikes I still want to try. Like to see what I want to be my next one. Like because yeah. like I really want to do a ride to the Arctic Ocean. I can't do that okay. on a Lowrider ST. No, good. <clears throat> Arctic. No. Like, I mean, like, yes, technically you could get there, but it would beat the shit out of it. I'm trying to think where the Arctic Ocean is. <laughs> so it's like straight. It doesn't. It would have to so be you, north you go, or in Alaska, you wouldn't go, it? You go to Dawson City, and then you backtrack like about twenty minutes because you need to go to Dawson City to fuel up, and then you head straight north uh, through a place called Inuvik up to. A city called, or a town, a village, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A settlement called Tuktiaktuk, that is in Canada, in the Northwest Territories, right on. So there's a town called Tuktiaktuk. Yeah, the town is called Tuktiaktuk, and it is a little native settlement that has a so a full a full year round road to it that goes right to the Arctic Ocean. Oh. But it is, it is over 800 kilometers from Dawson City. And that's all, not just gravel, but it's all like this really rough northern um, permafrost kind of kind of road. So it is. Oh, that's not a, that's not a Harley rough. road. That is not a, that is a Honda African Twin. Road. Yeah, it's 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 an adventure bike road. Like, yeah, because because you're you're it's one way. It's over eight hundred kilometers. So if, to go from Dawson City to talking back. You're putting on like 1,600 plus kilometers on rough gravel roads, like so with with a with with a, a cruiser, with like the really short and stiff suspension that they have to keep them low. Yeah, it will just beat it to shit. You're gonna have bolts coming out. You're gonna have fairing um, fasteners break. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have mirrors fall off. Like you need decent decent yeah. suspension to do that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's a that's an enduro. Yeah, so right. that's that is the thing I'm looking at to be my next bike, because I've enduro. got cruisers, I've got cruisers. They're not going in a way, but if I want to do that trip, then I need. What do you to think, think? Two, three years? I oh god, I want to do it next year so bad. Oh, next year? Oh wow. Mm-hmm. So you gotta get a fourth bike. Pretty much. The hardship, <sighs> the hardship. <laughs> you know, I've got my. I'm trying, eye. To, I'm trying to figure out how I can make it work. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've got my eye <laughs> on the bike that I want to get to do it. Like, who knows if that'll that'll yeah, happen? Yeah, but right? what is it? Uh, it's a Triumph Scrambler 1200 XE. Okay, 1200. That'd be good. Yeah, so I only say that'll be good because the higher CCs, you're able to get better mileage out of. What do you, you? What do you mean? Well, the low CCs, you're screaming on the highways to get any oh, decent no, miles. Oh, no, dude. You're still thinking in, you're still thinking in, in the cruiser. <laughs> you're still thinking cruiser. Oh, really? It's like the, you think, you're telling me you can get low RPMs and good fuel mileage? Yes. Yes. Really? Yeah. So it, 
or high, sorry, high RPMs because you're running a 600, yeah. so 700 it's, cc, but a 1200. It's, it's, it's horsepower at peak is about 90, it's about 90 horsepower. So that's the, like, that's very, very good. That's very good. Yeah. Yeah. It's torque is more than my, than my intruder yeah. at, at idle. Yeah. So at idle, it's already running with the torque of my intruder. Yeah. Plus high RPM horsepower, which gives it more acceleration, the more throttle yeah. you're giving it. And it's got a fairly economic, like economic engine to it. So. That's what I mean. Like, like yeah, yeah. the so, higher CCs <clears throat> allow you to use less of them because you're just going to yeah, be putting along and you're not going to need to use all that. Or you increase the efficiency of the design yeah. of your engine and get the same effect without the CCs, which is what Triumph has done. Okay, so they've gone up in efficiency well. Yeah, they've they've increased the efficiency of power and fuel delivery yeah. so that you're getting more. But what I'm saying is less. if you were to go, uh, let's say, on a 600, uh, like a 600cc uh, enduro, because they're out there. I know that uh, Suzuki makes on. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's a 600cc. You'd be screaming up the highway, and if you wanted to go to the Arctic Ocean, you'd be using so much fuel because you'd still be trying to make some kind of time. I suppose that would depend I suppose that would depend on gearing yeah. on it. But then you're you're sacrificing any low end torque. Yeah, any any low end torque. That, so if that you're trying to go up any kind of hill, if you're going yeah. any incline at all, but you're gonna be burning I, so and much I guess fuel. That would be the reason why like why Harley, BMW, KTM, Ducati, and now Triumph. Like that that would explain why they have all these adventure bikes that are big engines made for enduro type riding, right? Yes. Like, yeah, they're not the thing that you're going to be taking like in, in the straight up woods on a single track riding like no. a dirt bike. However, this will do, this will do everything short of, this will do everything short of a rally course with a certain amount of care for the size, but in a bike that can travel and cruise on the highway effortlessly. Yeah. See, that's what I was saying. I wasn't trying to, you know, say that it it wouldn't get or it would get fuel for better fuel mileage or whatever. I'm just saying, like, it would work less hard. Yeah. Because that's the thing. You got those higher CCs. You don't have to work as hard to get because you're not going to be riding like a bat out of hell. You're not going to be, oh, I'm going to go crazy on this thing on the highway. It's like, no, I'm going to putz along because I need this tank to last me as long as humanly possible. Yeah. I mean, and that would be, that would be for one stretch. There's one stretch on that highway where you will need, like, unless, unless you have, you know, like a 30 liter tank, Yeah, you will need fuel. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no ifs, ands, or about it. You have to bring a jerry can for one leg of that, of that drive on the gravel. Oh yeah. And I think it'd just be good to have one at all times. <laughs> it would, because what if you have to double back, you yeah. know, or something like that, right? Like, yeah. So you need, you need fuel. Yeah. I think I'd, I'd try and shoot for an African twin or I don't want to say BMW because they're so boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would totally be good with an African twin. Uh, Yamaha. Oh, pardon me. I'm going to blow my nose. Over there. Now I sound like my nose is stuffed because it is. All right, we'll give herself a little bit of a quiet moment. Yeah, yeah.
Okay, I'm back. All right. All right, so Yamaha also has a pretty sick adventure bike right now called the Tenere. Okay, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, so, I mean, let's be honest. All adventure bikes are ugly as sin. Yes. <laughs> V-Strom's the ugliest, <laughs> Let's. they're all yeah. ugly. And yeah, V-Strom, like that's like one of the, along with the BMW, those are like the the quintessential adventure bikes. Yeah. Ugliest sin. The, uh, yeah, the Africa Twins, they look a bit better than that. Not they're, much. Not they're much, all, but they, it's They're enough. all ugly in their own way. Yeah. Um, the, the Harley Pan America. How do they get away with calling it an African Twin? <laughs> Oh, it's a classic name. They had they had a they had an old adventure bike back in the eighties. So it's that Bob, and they still uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they they had an old adventure bike back in the eighties that they did a specific rally race on in Africa. Mm-hmm. And it was like the only twin engine that was in it, so they called their bike the Africa Twin. Okay. Because it was like it was a twin engine that was doing an Africa rally. Like ah. A, a big a big like endurance run sort of thing. Okay. So when they brought back an adventure bike, they went with that kind of heritage name. Yeah. All right. So you're talking about the Yamaha? Um, something about, I was talking about how ugly these bikes are. Yeah. Like of the fully fared. I was waiting for the butt. Yeah. But of all the fully fared bikes, the Harley Pan America is probably the nicest looking. Yes. Like it's, it's not as nice as what a normal cruiser looks like, but you can see that kind of like road glide aesthetic kind of baked into the cake. Yeah. And, and it's actually, it's, it's, Fairly handsome. I yeah, I'm I'm glad that they've been out for a couple of years now too, so we can see a little bit of the flaws and stuff, and mm-hmm. just kind of let them yeah let let work the, out their let, kinks. let the market work itself out. But what I love about the the Scrambler 1200 is it's actually a sexy looking little bike. Yeah, it has no fairings, like so it's it's got like a round headlight. It's got a tank like a Sportster on it, or like a Triumph Bonneville. Like it, it looks like a Bonneville except with tall suspension and aggressive tires on it. And it's like, oh, like that's something that I wouldn't blush at riding to a poker run or something like that. Yeah. And that's important to me because I'm a vain person. Oh, right. There's nothing more satisfying than finding out that another dude likes your bike. I know. <laughs> it's, there's it's the gayest a, thing I own. There's, there's that movie out there, uh. Harley Davidson and the Marble Man. My favorite line from it is, is, you know, Harley going up to the guy and being like, it's better to be dead and cool than alive and uncool. I'm like, <laughs> he gets it. He gets it. Are you trying to look it up? I am looking up the, the, the uh, Triumph Scrambler. Yeah, look up the XE in particular. The XE? Yeah. 1200 XE. Okay, there we go. I'm trying to keep it away from everything because I can hear it ticking. <laughs> it's clicking. I just don't see the one with the bags on it because I see no bags. Mm. No, yeah, you, yeah. I would have to figure out a luggage situation. Yeah, it's cool. It is very cool. Yeah, like that's something that I could actually like ride, ride, and keep for a while and not be like, please nobody see me while I'm on this thing. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, if that, I was going to get... That's exactly how I would feel on a V-Strom. If, if I were to get something similar to that, I would want to go for the Husqvarna or the KTM or something like that. I would just... If it was going to be in that vein of, uh, I don't know, on-road, off-road mm-hmm. thing without the bags, I'm like, oh, that Husqvarna, saying you ride a Husqvarna. Is, I know it's the same as a KTM. It's the same bike. But it would just... It's got that heritage sort of name. Like it's like I'm, it's like I have something made by a chainsaw company. Yeah, I, I'm riding a chainsaw. 
<laughs> yes. I'll name it Limp Bizkit and just <laughs> like a chainsaw, rub your ass raw. What a horrible song! <laughs> Forgot how Limp, bad it was. Limp Bizkit is the best worst band ever. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know any other way to say it, but like it's kind of a guilty pleasure. It it. It's yeah. one of those things where you're like that I, song I, that I can, break can, stuff was a great song. I I, I was like. Oh yeah, there's that. I there's love this the, the rolling, rolling, rolling. That one I never really cared for. I it never quite struck a chord, but the break break stuff yeah. is, is so. Oh, there's other ones. Uh... What's another one that was a guilty? There was one that I kept setting people, and it was um, Metallica singing uh, Creed, and I was just trying to trigger people. It's like what Creed, <laughs> what Metallica would sound like if they sounded good. <laughs> oh, that was brutal. You sent me that. I listened to that. I'm like, oh man, AI failed. <laughs> like no, nothing about this sounds oh, sounds good. And I'm six feet from the edge, and I'm taking yeah. And he split with Metallica voice, and I'm like, oh, this mi- is mixing great. the mixing the two is brutal. <laughs> oh, and I was just looking to trigger people because I'm like, I just want to piss people off. <laughs> yeah. I wonder. There was a time where Creed seemed like a guilty pleasure. I think now everybody's kind of just settled on like, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, I was always a fan. Always a fan. I never did that. I I don't think I ever jumped the bandwagon and called them a giant piece of shit band. Like, I I kind of like them. I just kept it quiet. Like I like Jew, being a Jew back in the. <laughs> Back in the eighties, trying to go yeah. to Harvard, you just keep it to yourself. I think, I think one of their big biggest problems is just overexposure. Oh yeah, like it's just like once once you're it's like a Nickelback, it's a Nickelback effect. Yeah, it's like you you so out there in so many songs that they play so many times an hour on the radio. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm so over this. Yeah, and after you already say I'm so over this, and you're like, you know, everybody needs a break. Then another album and three singles comes out that's all played for yep. the year. And you're like, God, oh, no. Yep. What was that? Uh, didn't they have a song on the uh, Spider-Man soundtrack too? Uh, I know Nickelback did. Oh, yeah. Nickelback did. Hero. That's the one that I'm thinking of that oh, just I th- hurt that, my brain. I think, yeah, that, that may have been the moment. That was a nail in the coffin for me. Yeah, like between like, that and the photograph song, I'm like, oh nope, I'm done. <laughs> it's like because like even the yeah. album, even the album that had photograph on it, like had some good songs. On I have there. no idea. It 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 did have a couple songs on there that was like, okay, this is good hard rock. Like, uh, there's there's a specific song called Bullet. Like, oh it, yeah, it, yeah, like, that was a mainstream. That yeah, was a, on the side of a bullet. Like, it, it, like that was a kick-ass song. It had a solo on from the late, great Dimebag Daryl. Oh, did you know, it? Like, yeah. Like, after he died, but, like, they found a solo that he'd written that had never been released, and they were good friends with him. Oh. So they wrote a song around that solo. Oh, really? I didn't that know that. that solo, yeah. <laughs> which, which, which is a neat, like, that's a neat thing, and I can look back and appreciate that for what it is now. <laughs> but there was a moment where I was so burnt out on Nickelback and I was like, nope. And they never, they never recovered. Like nothing from them has ever been like, oh, this is new and interesting. It's like, oh, this is Nickelback rehashing, rehashing Nickelback again. Sorry, I don't have the time to spend. Yeah. I, I can proudly say I never <laughs> spent money. No, I never had a single Nickelback album. Not only did I not spend money on it, but I didn't own one. Because it's one thing to say, it's like, oh, I, d- I never spent money, but I, yeah, I had a couple. Like you just kind of found them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Nope, not a single one. 
and it, it's it's not a so, big pride yeah. thing. It's just I just N- never Nickelback cared. was Nickelback was kind of on their coming up when I was first kind of allowed to get secular music. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. So for me, like uh, you're Canadian, a, mom and dad. Uh, it wasn't that. It was just <laughs> it was it was just this moment where like this new world of secular music had opened up to me, and I didn't know anything. Other than like listening to my little FM radio that I had in my room that was an alarm clock. Yeah. Other than turning that on to the bear, <laughs> you know, yeah. back back in the day and hearing Never Again by Nickelback. Like, yeah. That, like, that was all the mainstream hard rock that, that I'd really encountered. Yeah. Other than that, like I'd had lots of Christian stuff. Yeah. But that was the first kind of like, oh, this is a this is a secular band. It wasn't mainstream to me. To me, it was like, oh, nobody else knows about this. Cause my, my click, <laughs> we're all about, yeah, that's, you know, that's, yeah. POD and pillar and skillet and you know, like, yeah. you know, in all these kind of things. Right. So like at that time, like, you know, me being the guy listening to Nickelback was kind of the edgy outsider thing. To do. <laughs> as weird as that sounds. <laughs> and, you know, and there was some great songs on that, on that album. Like, you know, in I can't deny that that was a part of my musical journey was yeah. was actually going and buying that album. <laughs> and then, like, there, but there also came this moment where I was like, oh, wow, this is really bad. I think that album stands up yeah. over time as a pop popular rock album. Yeah. But man, everything they've done since then is just kind of like this caricature of, you yeah. know, of that album. I, kn- I know I'm laughing at you when it comes to, you know, where you came from when it comes to, you know, being the outsider. Um, my first ever cassette was Ace of Base. Ah, uh, yes. I got in trouble for that one. Oh, when yeah. My next one was Shania Twain. <laughs> So I can laugh at all you all I want, but at the same time, my first albums that I had that were not Christian <laughs> were Ace of Base and Shania Twain. Oh, and funny. so I'm like, I got, I got no, I got no ground to stand on on this one. At least yours was hard rock, and <laughs> at least there was that. Like I remember when I first bought, when I first bought uh, the Creed album that has Sacrifice on it. Oh yeah, I forget which one that is. Might be Weathered. Maybe I don't remember. That's the thing. I've been so out of the loop with them for so yeah. long that uh, I, there was six feet. There was weather. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's it one had, of six feet. And yeah, weathered so it's weathered. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, when I first bought that album, I remember my little sister coming up to me and being like, "Yeah, Devin, I'm concerned about you." <laughs> <laughs> Your sister? Yeah, my little sister. My little sister gave me the Christian uh, gut check about the music I was listening to because of Creed. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, oh. And knowing your sister now and, know, and where right? she came from and what she... <laughs> I remember one day, one day when I hopped in my little sister's, my little sister's car and all of a sudden I hear like, just, it was like black eyed peas, like my humps like blasting out of it. <laughs> I'm like, oh really? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I don't want to speak disparagingly of your sister. No, she's, I love lovely. Her to death. she's lovely, but this is the kind of, this is the kind it's of. It's a sibling of, uh, 
this is the kind of sibling stuff that you come in when music is a tricky thing in your religious upbringing, right? Yes. Because you kind of have those tit-for-tat kind of moments as you the thing is, I wanna, come I, of age. And, and, and by disparagingly, I want to make jabs at her, but in love. Like the – it's uh, just things that she's done or come from – which she's, again, great person, love her to death. <laughs> but there are things that you could say and be like, oh, really? You don't think my music's fine? Huh? <laughs> and, and be like, no, but I love her too much and I would never do that without, had, without her being here to defend herself. I would I totally do it no, if she was here. I had no legs to stand on because if you looked in my Discman at the time, I probably had the Eminem show in it. <laughs> so like that's... You, you showed off, Creed. You weren't going to show off Eminem. You, you no, knew that, that was a line too that far. Was, that was something that, that was came... A bridge that, too was, far? that was something that came later. I bought that when I was in Bible college. See? Oh! <laughs> How much younger is your sister than you? Three years. Wow. So the age difference that you and I have, because I look at Nickelback and I'm like, Pff. they were, oh, yeah, they were weak when I was at, uh, 15, 16. So and I'm like, oh, you would have been coming into your own. Yeah, yeah, right about then. Yeah, because we got, yeah. Mm-hmm. I always forget that I'm a little, well, I don't forget that I'm a little older. Well, because like just, when, when we met each other, that age gap is irrelevant. Yes, yeah. But when you're a sibling that's grown up, you know, like, you know, I graduated, like I was an adult while my sister was still in high school, you yeah. know, like, so it's that, that, that three year gap seems so much bigger when you're adolescent, but when you're a grown up that has your own house in place, whatever, like whatever, three years means jack shit. Yes. Heck, now I meet some 50, 60 year old guys and I'm like, oh, oh, I thought, I thought wisdom came with age. I guess it's I skips. thought there was more gap between us, but nay, there is not. <laughs> nay, nay. I do realize something that, um. I, I just turned 39, and um, uh, 40 is not far away, mm-hmm. and I'm not scared of it at all. I really do feel like um, 40 is the new 30. Like, it's it's not it's not bad. Yeah, it is. Like, my, when I was young, when, when I found out somebody was like 60, they looked older than dust to me. It was like bone white hair. It was like... You need a walker. Like, you know, like. Yeah. And their skin didn't even look healthy. Like, their skin looked worse. Right. And, like, now, like, when I look at my dad, he's 60. I'm like, frick, dude, like, you're spry. Like, you're still working hard. Like, I know you're feeling it more than you used to. Yes. But you're still working harder than most people half your age. Yep. It's like, and and, and you're going, you're having fun. Yeah. You're you're having a good life. You dress well. Because, like, and maybe it was dressing. Maybe there was, like, when we were kids, old people dressed old. Yes. Like, and now they're like, there's, there's a more of an acceptance of like keeping with the times as far as like how you decor, your decorum. Yeah. And maybe that helps, but it really feels like, like, you know, like 40, 50, 60 is not what it used to be. Yeah. So the fact that I'm turning 40 next year, not even worried. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I'm 40. Uh, just, yeah, not worried about it. It's got nothing on me. So, yeah. yeah, I'm excited because again, I don't feel it. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Like in the next ten years, like between forty, between thirty nine and and uh, and I guess fifty. Yeah, it's like you're gonna have kids start to graduate. <sighs> you know, like you're gonna you're gonna go through like a a real Gideon uh, in in ten years. In the next ten years, Gideon could have a kid. Yeah. 
right? Like, like you that's know, like, not outside the realm of possibility. You think things are gonna change so much and so rapidly. Like your 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 thirties was actually you know that was a big change. Yeah. But like right now it's kind of like it's in a stasis. Yeah. But I think this next ten years you're gonna see more <laughs> you know mm-hmm. more rapid changes of life. I got three girls. It's going <laughs> to... Like, gonna you might be, get to kill somebody for that. Who knows? If this podcast goes off the air, because <laughs> it probably killed somebody. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, are we still going to do this in 10 years? Oh, if we're getting paid. If we're getting paid. By the world's best vodka. Fuck it. Vodka, vodka. <laughs> It's Vodka. All right. Well, on the note of vodka, maybe we should wrap this up. I know we didn't have a top. <laughs> we didn't have a topic today, but uh, I don't know. That Neuralink thing was pretty cool. I'm like, oh, terrifying, but terrifying. But this this was just a good uh, chill session. If you have a topic idea for us, let us know and let we'll us ignore know. it. We will ignore it because we have a whole whiteboard there full of topics that we never tackle. <laughs> Instead, we were like, what do you feel like today? Mike had jokes. Mike? Mike. <laughs> we, needed, we needed a re-release valve episode. One where we were just like, let's just shoot the breeze without feeling we had to go anywhere. That is the problem. Last time we had no jokes. That was it. We, you know, and we did. We promised, we promised them we would make up for it. Yes. You're welcome. Yes. This is, we did this for you. For you. We made this for you. <laughs> All right, guys. God bless. <laughs>